Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. It is um, Tuesday, March 15th, 2022. And um, so glad you guys are on today. And we are uh, in the second week of Lent. Uh, so, um, yeah, we're doing our, our daily readings through the, uh, the Advent calendar, Advent, um, the lectionary. And we are uh, in the, now in the second week of Lent, uh, so we uh, will be reading today out of Jeremiah chapter 2, Romans, finishing up Romans chapter 1, and John chapter 4. Yeah. Hope you guys are doing good. It is, uh, yeah, we're middle of Lent, just uh, moving our way towards Easter, towards the Passion Week. Um, and, um, yeah, it looked like that. Maybe the Facebook feed froze because of the background music. Yeah. Sometimes the copyright stuff doesn't like that background music playing and it freezes it up. And so that's probably what just happened on Facebook, but Instagram, there's no music. So you're cool, man. <laughs> and of course the podcast is fine. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Facebook doesn't like that background music. Maybe I should stop doing that. Um, but anyway. Um, so yeah, so let's, uh, let's jump in y'all. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Uh, and so today we're, you know, we do, we read a old Testament reading, then we jump to the, an epistle or, uh, a new Testament reading, and then always something from the gospels. Um, so yeah. So today, Jeremiah, did I say Isaiah? Jeremiah chapter two. Um, and we'll be reading uh, verses 1 through 13, and then we'll jump down to 29 through 32. 1 through 13, 29 through 32. And let's hope that this today we start off with a little easier name. I, mean, I don't know if you remember yesterday, but the, like the first very first verses of uh, Jeremiah chapter 1 were like loaded with all these difficult names to say. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But it looks like, it looks like we're going to start a little easier today. Chapter 2, verse 1, the word of the Lord came to me, go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says, I remember the devotion of your youth, how as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness, through a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of the harvest. All who devoured her were held guilty, and disaster overtook them, declares the Lord. So, um, hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Um, so God is kind of through the prophet Isaiah or through the prophet Jeremiah is kind of reflecting on his relationship with God's people as like a bride. He's saying, I remember uh, speaking to Israel, the Lord speaking to Israel as a bride, as his bride, saying, I remember the devotion of your youth. You were devoted to me, how you loved me, how you followed me, 
her. You were dedicated to me. Israel was holy to the Lord, and I protected her. Verse 4. Hear the word of the Lord, you descendants of Jacob, all you clans of Israel. This is what the Lord says. Clans, not clowns. <laughs> Listen, all you clowns. No, that's all he says. This is nice. This is all you, all you clans of Israel. The tribes and families of Israel. Verse 5. This is what the Lord says. What fault did your ancestors find in me that you strayed so far from me? So he's like, I remember how much you loved me and were devoted to me over the years. And then, and then this thing happened. You started straying. So what did what what fault did your ancestors find in me that they strayed so far from me? They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. Ooh. That's the downside. That's the other side of the coin of what we talk about a lot when we say we become like what we worship. Look what God just said here. He said, they followed worthless idols. So they worshiped worthless idols. And what happened to them? They became worthless themselves. They became like what they worship. That's a human That's a human deal, man. We become like what we worship. If we worship money, if we worship fame, if we worship esteem, if we worship another person, if we worship ego, we worship power, whatever it is, we are going to become like that. And if it's worthless, that the thing that we're worshiping, we're going to become worthless. So we, you know, we talk about it all the time. We want to become more like Jesus. So how do we become more like Jesus? We got to worship Jesus. Worship the one who is worthy, right? Worship the one who is worthy of all worship. Yeah. And we become more like Jesus. We become like what we worship. So here, the children of Israel, they followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. They did not ask, where is the Lord who brought us up out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness, through the land of the deserts and the ravines, a land of drought and utter darkness, a land where no one travels and no one lives? Hmm. And, you know, that's a good question to ask ourselves sometimes. Like, uh, do we ask ourselves, man, who got me this far? Hmm. Who got me this far? Who got me uh, where I am today? Who brought me through the hardest times of my life? Who walked with me through the valleys and the ravines and the dark places of life? Who walked with me over the hills and through the valleys? The Lord did, man. <laughs> I can tell you right now, I can say in my life, the Lord did. The Lord carried me. I mean, there were some people too, some people that you know I love a lot that were walked with me, but the, you know, it was the Lord. The Lord carried me through. And he's saying, look, the, the children of Israel, they, were, they stopped asking that question. They stopped asking, who, who, who brought us out of Egypt? Who, who did all these marvelous things for us? Verse 7, I have brought you into a fertile land to eat its fruit and, and rich produce, but you came and defiled my land and made my inheritance detestable. The priests did not ask, where is the Lord? Those who deal with the law did not know me. The leaders rebelled against me. The prophets, the prophets prophesied by Baal, following worthless idols. Man, it was a, this all, it's a teetotal mess. <laughs> this is what it was. It was a teetotal mess. You know what he's saying? He's saying the, the people that were defiling the land, the priests were not asking and inquiring of the Lord. The leaders were rebelling against God. The prophets were prophesying not on behalf of the Lord, but on, the beha on behalf of Baal. They were following worthless idols. The whole, the whole thing was detestable. Hmm. There's a lot of good reminders in there, man. Like to ask, you know, where is the Lord? 
the priest, where is the Lord? You know, you know, as uh, as, as pastors, as preachers, you know, the, the most important thing we can we can ask is what is God doing? What is God saying? You know, it's not it's not you know what do I want? What what is my desire? What is my expectation? You know, what do I want to say? Even what what is the Lord? We need to inquire of the Lord. Lord, what do you want? What do you want said? What do you want done? What what do you what do you want? What is your desire? Mm. And and sometimes we go to the word, obviously, we go to the word of God to discern that that what the Lord wants, but sometimes it's the prompting of the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit? What is the you know, like in it reminds me of the the the, the beginning of Revelation. What the Spirit says to the churches. Hear what the Spirit says to the church. And sometimes, you know, we, you know, even as um, as as church goers, those who gather to worship, you know, we we should ask ourselves. We should our, we should go with the question, Lord, what do you want to say? What do, what are you trying to say to me? What is it you want to say to me? What well, not what do I want to hear, but what is it that I need to hear that you're trying to tell me? Verse 9, therefore I bring charges against you. See, Israel was so far away, they weren't even asking the right questions anymore. <laughs> Man, that's a, that's a sign of being off base when you're not even asking the right questions anymore. You know, you know even in church life, right? We can go to asking the wrong questions. The question about, like, I, what, you know, what are they doing that I like? What are they doing? What, 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 asking all these questions. Um, in the church, you know, often, Often, you know, when God prompts something, you know, something to be done, one of the first questions we ask is, how much is that going to cost? <laughs> how much is that going to cost? And that, that's, the, that's the wrong question. I mean, that's, not, that's, a, that's the right question down the road. That's not the, that's not the right first question. The first question is, is this uh, of the Lord? That's the first thing. Is this of the Lord? Um. Therefore, I bring charges against you again, declares the Lord, and I will bring charges against your children's children. Cross over to the coast of Cyprus and look and, to, and send to Cedar and observe closely, or, or Kedar, Kedar, sorry, Kedar, and observe closely. See if there's ever been anything like this. Has a nation ever changed its gods? Yes, they are not gods at all, but my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. Mm. This is gonna this is gonna echo in uh Romans chapter one. They exchange the glory of God for worthless idols. That's gonna be that, that theme is gonna recur in the book of Romans. Verse 12. Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water. And have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Mm. Mm. Those gods can't hold water, man. <laughs> you don't want to be worshiping something that can't hold water. Wow. He says that they've done two things, two made two mistakes. One, they've forsaken, they've committed sins by forsaking the Lord. Two, they've gone to the next step and started creating gods that don't that can't even hold water. Mm. Man, we want to make sure we're worshiping the Lord, right? Because the Lord is worthy, the only one worthy of worship. That's why God is a jealous God. Because when we worship things that are not 
true, they will inevitably disappoint. <laughs> and they will lead us in a direction that is not good. Um, we will become like what we worship. We become worthless. So God says, like, don't do it. Don't do it. When we worship the one who is worthy, when we worship the one who is holy and just and good and loving and kind and gracious and above all, sovereign, um, it changes it changes who we become. We become into the, we we transform into the right kind of stuff. Holy people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Yeah, that's what we become. <laughs> that's what we are. All right, let's jump over to Romans. Romans chapter one. Uh, we ended yesterday with uh, verse fifteen. Today we're going to read 16. We actually read 16 yesterday, too, because that's my favorite verse in the whole Bible. But we're going to read 16 down through 25. Y'all ready? Romans 1, 16 through 25. Let's do it. For I am not ashamed. We're going to read that one again because I love that verse. My favorite verse in the whole Bible. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith, not by the law or anything else, but by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So Paul is saying the wrath of God is already beginning to be revealed. It's already being revealed, the, the, the wrath of God. Um, and, and so the question is how? how the, and it's being revealed against uh, people who are godless and who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what, they, what, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. In other words, there's, uh, there's revelation. God has revealed his divine nature to people, uh, to some uh, through natural revelation, um, through creation, but uh, to particularly the, the Jewish people and to the uh, Christian people now through his word, through his holy word, through and then ultimately through Jesus himself. So God has made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. People don't have no excuse. They, there's, a, there's a sense in every human being of, 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 of right and wrong. Now, the, the particulars may change from person to person, just, you know, but, but, but people have a sense that some things are right and some things are wrong. And that is put in there by this, it's considered moral law, right? And it's, it's put in there by God. There's a sense we're created in the image of God, so we have a sense that some things are right, some things are wrong. Now, we need, we need clarification and, and, and uh, detail about what that looks like and what that means, and that's why God gives us his word. Uh, but we have a sense from the beginning that some things are right and some things are wrong. So people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools 
and exchanged the glory of the, here was here's, here's back to Jeremiah's words, right? They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. So he's speaking there specifically about they created these idols. Um, so they exchanged the invisible God, the immortal God, the one, the, the true God for these things that they could create with their hands. But we do the same things. We may not create little trinkets, but we create, we, we worship things rather than the creator. We create, we worship created things rather than the creator. We worship cars and houses and money and jobs and positions and people, celebrities. We exchange the glory of God for these false, false gods. Verse 24, therefore, because we do that and because humanity in general has done that, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. So the wrath of God is revealed in this, in that God turns them over, turns people over to have what their hearts desire. Mm, listen to that. That's why we always got to ask, just because your heart wants it doesn't mean it's right. Because part of, the, part of what God will allow us to do, he'll, he'll turn you over to your heart. If, you, if, you des if the desires of your heart are greater than your desire for God, that's an idol. Like the things I want, my wants. Now what happens beautifully is as we walk with the Lord, God changes our wants because that's what we need. We need, we need a God who's going to change our wants because uh, usually what the things that we want aren't the things that are best for us. So we need, we need the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit, which graciously he does. He gives us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit transforms what we want so that we want the right things, the holy things, the good things, the things that are, that are uh, for our profit and benefit, the things that will move us more into the image and likeness of God, those things that will better reflect um, who and what we were intended to be. But generally, someone without God, they go after the sinful desires of the heart. That's why people say, well, yeah, but it, it makes me happy. Yeah, well, that's no, that's no validation that it's right. <laughs> yeah, God just wants me to be happy. No, no, no. First, he wants you to be holy. His ultimate goal for us is to be holy. And sometimes there has to be a little discomfort to get there. But the wrath of God is revealed in that God has turned the world over to their whatever they desire. So you look around the world today, and what do you see? You see people going after all kinds of ungodly things, all kinds of things, uh, sexual impurities, uh, idolatries, all these things. And you say, what is going on? It's the wrath of God being revealed. Why? How is that? Because as, people, as God allows people to do this, they will eventually destroy themselves. Yeah, and it will eventually destroy culture and societies. We see it in our own country, guys. I mean, we see that there's just, just this, you know, people being turned over to their own desires, and we, we, we celebrate it as progress in many cases. Look at the progress we're making. I want you to know, guys, whenever you hear that often, look at the progress we're making. It's the wrath of God being revealed. Sadly, but true. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. 
They worshiped and, and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Wow. Wow. So tomorrow we pick up after verse 25, um, as Paul talks in particulars about some examples of how this is happening. Um, but it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it happens in our world every day. It happens in our world every day. Now, I'm not saying everything of progress is, is the wrath of God, but I'm saying a lot of the things that we celebrate, that's how, del that's how distorted our brains are now. That's how del diluted our collective mind is now, that we, we say that things that are moving further away from God's intention are progress. Do you see the irony of that? Do you see the irony and the sinister nature of that? Like we, our, our culture and our world actually celebrates the moving away from God's design and plan as progress. Wow. <laughs> Do you see that problem? <laughs> the wrath of God is being revealed in this, that God has turned the world over to their own sinful desires. Because even though they know what's right, they know they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. It's a it's a reason for prayer, man, and and an awareness and to be alert. Um, we talked about it before. It's like our culture, man. It's like uh, even even people who you know deconstruct their faith or whatever, which is you know I got a whole I got a whole opinion about that. Um, it always comes to the to a place where they feel where they where someone will you know people. Be turned over their own desires. Like it's amazing how when people deconstruct their faith, they end up creating God in their own image. Oh, so you realize that you were really right all along. Oh, that's convenient. <laughs> you realize so. You, so what you came to discover over time, this people who deconstruct their faith, what they come to discover over time is that the world was right and God was wrong. Or if you prefer, they were discovered that the world was right and the Bible was wrong. Wow. That's interesting. Then that's progress. <laughs> and and the word of God tells us very clearly that the Holy Spirit will convince us that the world is wrong and that God is true. Mm. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Convinces us and shows us how the world is wrong and the word of God is true. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Hey, let's jump over to John, the Gospels. Let's wrap this up. We're going to try to wrap it up so we don't get cut off on the podcast today because yesterday I went too long, and so it had to, it got cut off. But today we're going to we're going to finish it up. We're going to wrap it all up before we uh, run, before the buzzer hits zero, zero, zero. Here we go. John chapter 4, verses 43 through 54. John 43, or I said it wrong again. John 4, 43 through 54. All right. After two days, he left for Galilee. Now, Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned water into wine. We talked about that Sunday. The miracle at Cana of Galilee, where Jesus turned water into wine. Um, and there was a certain ro royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. 
When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Verse 48. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told them, you will never believe. You just got to see more signs. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Verse 50. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on his way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. Wow, Jesus wasn't even present in the presence of the young boy. He just spoke the word, and the word found that young boy and brought healing and life to his dead, lifeless body. Wow. Yeah. Or his dying body, at least. Verse 52. When he inquired as to the time when the sun got better, they said to him, Yesterday, at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. Wow. Wow. He's like, wait, wait, tell me, when did this, when did my son get better? Well, about one o'clock yesterday, like right at one, boom, he just took a big turn to get better. Wow, that's amazing, because that's exactly when Jesus of Nazareth said, my, said he would be healed. He's like, we're going to worship him. <laughs> we're going to worship him. We're going to worship the true God. Man, man, there are times, man, God, God answers right on time. There's, there's times I can remember, man, you pray for healing and, and no, nothing seems to happen. And then you, you pray and you seek God and boom, you're like, wait, when did, the, when did he start getting better? We just prayed. We just prayed right before that. The power of God. Verse 54, this, is the, this was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. He had the water to wine. Now he heals the, uh, the man's son. Jesus is worthy of our worship. Amen? Jesus is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our praise. We don't want to worship false gods, man. We want Jesus to, uh, to change the desires of our hearts so that we want and desire the right things. And what does that? The Holy Spirit. And that's part of Lent. That's part of Lent is examining our wants, allowing the Holy Spirit to examine our wants. Am I wanting... Am I, are my aspirations, are my affections for the right things, Lord? If I'm starting to have a desire for things that are not good or not godly, God cleansed it, purify it, and, and redirect my wants towards what is good and holy and right. I don't want to worship worthless things. I want to worship the one who's worthy. Amen? Amen. That's what it's about, y'all. That's what it's about. Hey, let's, uh, let's pray so we don't run out of time. We don't hit double zeros on the clock and be hanging out there like with the ball still in our hand before we shoot. <laughs> we got to get the shot up before, the, uh, before the, the clock strikes zero. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for the privilege that we have to gather together and to pray and to seek your face and to uh, learn from your word. Thank you, God, for the holiness uh, of your presence. Thank you for teaching us the way of righteousness. God, may you examine our affections, examine our wants and our deepest desires, and may they be uh, transformed, renewed, 
to desire the things that are good and holy and right. Um, God, and we know that's work that is sacred and holy and can only be done by you. So we invite you, God, to sift our thoughts and our desires and our motives that they might align with your perfect will. God, I pray for my friends today. May you encourage them and strengthen them, whatever they're facing, whatever they're out doing today. May your presence and power be active and alive within them and around them. And may we be your hands and feet today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for being a part of today's podcast. Sorry about the little glitch again on Facebook. I'm going to have to be a little more cautious with the background music because I think that's what freezes it up. It will be released later, but sometimes during the live podcast, it will lock up if if there's background music for copyright purposes. Facebook does that. Um, But uh, so sorry about that. But hey, thanks for being a part. Hope you guys have a great Tuesday. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Uh, as we continue through these Advent, or listen to me, these Lenten readings and uh, growing closer to the Lord uh, and to each other. So you guys have a great day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.